Hello and welcome fellow awesomeologists to Awesomeology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're welcoming a new friend and excited to learn more about her and her business. Welcome Stacy Wolf from Off the Mat Yoga. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so um, the reason we have Stacy here uh, as a guest on the show is she's one of the recipients of the Main Street Marshfield Downtown Marketing Grants. I think that's the official title of the program. It is now. Which exclamation is super fortunate and happy to work with Main Street Marshfield on and providing these grants to uh, some local uh, downtown businesses, helping from everything like... Uh, website redesign, video production, photography, um, and it's always uh, a really cool part of what we get to do where we get to interact with local businesses and learn about them and what they're trying to do and provide some help along the way. So um, Stacy, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to go off script right away. That's early. I know. It's early First for you thing. to do that. What, uh, when you saw the grant application come out, what made you think, oh, I should probably fill this thing out? Well, I think for us, one of the hardest things to get people in the door is just to show them how different it is to practice yoga in a studio compared to at home or in a basement or um, anywhere else. Because we really try to create like an experience when you walk in the door. And videotaping while you're teaching yoga is weird. And it weirds people out a little bit, you know, and you're trying to talk and move and make it look good. So just having the opportunity to have somebody come in and do it while we're leading class to really capture what we do and what we provide. Cool. That's what intrigued me. Perfect. That's all the reason that she needed. So thanks for sharing that. Okay, back on script. Sorry, Sue. <laughs> I'm furious. <laughs> I'm literally never going to forgive you. <laughs> okay, so we are very glad you could join us, Stacy. And there is absolutely no reason to be nervous. We are very easy to talk to. We have only told you that now multiple times and we are going to keep saying it until we believe it ourselves <laughs> so <laughs> do you want to just start us off easy these are all easy questions but start us off just tell us a little bit about yourself who are you where'd you come from and how did you get here <laughs> well my name is Stacy Wolf I live um, in between Spencer and Marshfield with my husband and five sons um how did I get to Marshfield? Well, I met my husband on a blind date. Oddly, Ben was actually in our wedding. Yeah. So, um, and he owns a business in Spencer, and it keeps us here. But I really like the Marshfield area. I like the small town feel, but a little bit bigger than like a super small town. Um, yeah. We have to. We have got to pause on. Five sons. How old are your kids? Um, our oldest is 17 and our youngest is seven. Wow. Yeah. How wow. About that? It's a crazy household. So what what kind of a sports team can we put together with five guys? What how many basketball? Basketball. basketball. You got yeah. a basketball team. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's perfect. I can't believe your youngest is seven. That's unreal to me. And the mention that I was in your wedding. That was back in my, what was that movie, 21 Dresses or 27 Dresses or something like that? That was back in my 21 tuxes. Or I felt like I was in every wedding, <laughs> but like nowhere near getting married. But it wasn't too long after that that right. I met yeah. my wife and here we are. <laughs> exactly, <But laughs> yeah. It's not about me. It's about you, Stacey. <laughs> I'll get off my little dialogue about my history as a bachelor. Oh, we, we should quickly move away from that, actually. No, we are going to have to circle yeah. back to your 27 <laughs> Texas no, no. phase of life. 
Sometime. <laughs> Sometime. Yeah, future episode. Okay. We'll do that for an anniversary episode, like our 100th episode. We'll just talk about Ben's dating history. Yeah. Shoot, okay. that's we recorded that, didn't we? We did, Damn. and I have that, and I will save it. Okay. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Stacy, what was your inspiration for starting a yoga studio, or what does that journey look like? Well, it just, we actually, we've been open now for seven years, May 11th, so just now, but the um, Luann, my co-owner, we shared a class at the Y, but we never really met, because I would teach every other Sunday, and we would switch back and forth, and then we decided to go to a training together, and then we're like, oh, we should teach more, so we started teaching just kind of out of our cars, like at like V and Company Hair Salon, and at a PT area, and it was just, it was rough, you know, um, so then we're like, we should really just find a spot. And we actually, our first location was here in the way tip top. Um, it was open and they gave us a really, really, really good discount um, for the summer to get us started. And that's, and then we've just been moving ever since, growing ever since. Yeah. So you've been at, since you've been, so here, when Stacy says here is the Thomas House building, downtown Marshfield. We're currently in our basement studio. They started in the opposite side of the building or opposite mm -hmm. end of the building on the top floor which uh, is a really cool space and what we now call the eagle's nest right because mm -hmm. it's third floor overlooking our beautiful patio and the parkway and everything but you've been in two different places since then um since here yes so we moved into um another location for must have been like three years and now we finally we had bought a building in main street Right, like two weeks before COVID shut everything oh down. So now we finally are almost done remodeling it, but we moved in like a month ago. So now we're kind of in our forever home. We own the building and it's exactly what we want. And yeah, yeah it was exciting. Yeah. How much, uh, how much work? I mean, what was that process like getting a building downtown, which downtown Marshfield, historic downtown, a lot of the buildings are very old. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, interesting. The remodeling has been interesting, um, but it's been exciting. It's been good. We have, like, Main Street is super helpful, um, helping us, like, find things, the architects, and this is kind of what we want. This is what we don't like. Um, but, yeah, when we were tearing down the walls and stuff, there was a lot of interesting layers <laughs> upon layers <laughs> upon layers of just weird um, things that people have added over the years. But What's, like, the weirdest thing you found or uncovered? Well, when we were upstairs in the upstairs apartments, which we haven't finished yet, it was like the people just left. They just, there was a newspaper on the table and then a note from the landlord to whoever was leasing it, yelling at them for not being clean people. But it's like a hundred years old. It's just like a super old note. And the, but like the bed still there and everything was just kind of like stuck in time. Wow. It's super messy. It's super dirty, but like, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool just to see. And then when we took some of the walls down, um, the floor plans were written on the walls for Book World. That's what it originally was. Oh. So that was kind of cool to see. I don't know if that's how they did it then or what, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, didn't that, I didn't realize Book World was in that building once upon a time. That's yeah. so crazy. Cool. I remember we had um, uh, Chris and Aaron Howard on an episode back around, I don't know, one of our first episodes probably. Mm -hmm. And they talked about, I guess, some cool surprises in some of the buildings that they've worked on where, um, you know, they pull off the drop ceiling and there's beautiful metal 
your tin ceiling, you know, above it stamped and everything. And so any, any cool surprises like that? Not so much cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, yeah. We were a little worried at some point that we were going to find something kind of scary, but, um, yeah. It was in really good shape for what we were told um, for it being so old. And yeah. so most of the remodel was cosmetic. So that nice. was nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, no dead bodies. So that's a no win. dead bodies. That was a little, <laughs> when we went upstairs, we were kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think we have to even go back further and talk about yoga before we talk about anything else, don't you think? Yeah, sure. Because we know when you started the business, but when did you start doing yoga? Where did that come from? Um, I actually started practicing when I was pregnant with my third son as a way to just ease some of the discomforts of being pregnant and kind of build up strength for birth. And then I just fell in love with it. And then I kind of just grew from there, I guess. And then I think your taste change, like what kind of yoga is more athletic or relaxing, depending on what stage you are, you are in your life. But yeah. that's so interesting. How far apart are your, so with your third son, how far apart are your second and third? Um, everybody is two years apart besides our last one. He was <laughs> okay. Surprise. He was a surprise. He was. A little gift. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> surprise is a nice word. But yeah. yeah. Well, and the reason I find that interesting is that is exactly when I started looking into yoga with my third, but my second and third are 15 months apart. Oh. So what was happening is I was having a lot of like hip extension problems mm. and a lot of back problems mm -hmm. because being pregnant does a thing to a woman. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, I won't claim that I fully understand, but yeah. I've seen some of it in action for sure. Yeah. So I was not recovered yeah. from my daughter when I right, got pregnant with my son. And then and it, re it made a huge difference mm. in my mobility. And I mean, as mobile as a pregnant person yeah. is going to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. but for sure, for sure. Yeah. It made a huge difference. Mm. It does. But I did not go on to start a business, and that's now what we yeah. will talk about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could have. <laughs> there's probably like a yoga, I, there's probably businesses that are yoga businesses designed for pregnant people. Like that's their niche or their specialty. Like yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I don't like, they, I would think it would have to be in like a big, bigger community, big yeah. community where you have like. The population to yeah, support it. Yeah, to support it. <laughs> you know, um, for us, we don't. Typically, um, people just come to our classes when they're pregnant. We rarely offer just a specific pregnancy class unless it's a private lesson. But, um, yeah, they just kind of jump in and do what they can, and yeah. it's good. Cool. So what kind of education or certification or anything like that is, is anything like that required? And... What does that look like? It's not required per se, at least in our state, but for us and our teachers at the yoga studio, there's different levels and then there's like a governing body. It's called Yoga Alliance. So it's like a 200 hour to become like a registered yoga teacher. And then you have to do so many hours of continuing ed every year. And then um, you can be an experienced registered yoga teacher after you teach a thousand hours. And then you can go on and do a 500 hour 
um, training, and then it's um, just keeping up with your continuing ed and taking classes and learning more. You don't have to. Like, I think anybody could just go teach a yoga class. It's just something that we require our teachers to have at the studio just so they have um, the training and the anatomy and the whatever it is that they're going to teach, um, mm -hmm. just the backbone. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of legitimacy that comes with that, right? So I'm mean, yeah, thinking sure. of people that might be, well, whether they're shopping around and considering which studio to go to or maybe even considering, like, can I do this thing at home or mm -hmm. subscribe to something online that might, you know, be a possible solution to know that you have people that are <laughs> certified yeah. trained you know that's a huge asset to your company i'm sure it is and it helps it just helps and i think it gives people a peace of mind knowing you know like you can practice yoga forever but to teach it is something else you know mm. so to know that somebody's trained to talk and how to watch people's bodies move and learn like modifications or adjustments or if they're pregnant they shouldn't you know like twist so deep and all that kind of stuff i think it helps So as somebody who's attempted yoga before, maybe <laughs> if this was uh, on video, I would have put attempted in air quotes because that's maybe giving myself too much credit. I found it really difficult. Like it was really hard to um, like hold a uh, position or, you know, yeah. like hold that and like, and then to form any kind of habit of putting myself through it again and again, like. I rather do some of the more like traditional working out or whatever that just I've done for my whole life, right? Like going back to high school sports and everything. Obviously, there's just some comfort with that when you've done it since you were really young and yoga being something that I maybe tried when I was a little older. Um, wh what do you say to somebody that's thought about it or maybe it is like me who's tried it and was like, yep, can't do that. What do you say to get somebody to think about yoga again? Well, I typically tell people to give it five classes and to try as many because we offer many different kinds or styles of classes. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's easy hmm. and it's not. Yeah. You know, I think yoga, it does require some like big muscle groups, but it's a lot of stabilizers and those little movements and pulling here and squeezing there. That makes it very difficult. And if you are an athlete, you're a little bit tighter. It's even harder to kind of um, get into those positions, but I encourage like five classes, give it because the names are weird, you know, like you have people <laughs> next to you that can put their legs over their heads and it's like, you know, it can be intimidating, I think, to come into a room and we really try to avoid that um, and try to welcome everybody no matter where they are in their journey, but I think you just have to keep trying and it's needed and, um, yeah, if you're coming in thinking it's going to be easy, whether it's one of our athletic classes, those are not easy, but our restorative classes are also not easy. When you ask people to sit still and be quiet and try not to think, that's yeah. difficult. Oh. Like people are fidgeting, they're like twirling their hair, picking their fingernails, you know, so it's just different levels of hard, you know. You have to come back for five classes. I guess then. so, yeah. 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 <laughs> I should probably start with that restorative thing. I wonder if I could sit for... That long without I've never known you to sit still right. for a long period of time <laughs> and not and not think. Yeah. So it's very so, tough. so you're saying good luck. See good luck. <laughs> Got it. But you should try it five yeah. times. <laughs> right. At least. Five times. Yeah. So do you have a lot of people that maybe maybe don't like they come in 
a little trepidatious, worried, you know, can I do this? Can I not do this? And then experience some anxiety. It'd be ironic to experience anxiety in a yoga studio, but <laughs> sort of experience that anxiety of not knowing what's happening. And Yeah, definitely. And you can, like, feel it when they walk in. Well, we know if they're new anyways. Um, and it's pretty obvious they take the back row instantly, you know. But I think we have a really good group of people that are at the studio that are always like, hey, you must be new, you know, and like introduce themselves. And um, we try to make people feel as comfortable as they can and explain things the best they can. Um, so we have some anxiety, but we've never had people like walk out or, you know, like <laughs> it's too much. Um, yeah, we, tr yeah. yeah. It's definitely there. I mean, it's intimidating. I get nervous when I go to a yoga studio I've never been to because you don't know like, like their vibe, like, what to expect, you know, is it a quiet studio where nobody talks when you walk in? Because that's not like how we are. Everybody's talking and laughing and stuff before class starts. And that's what we want. That's what we're going for. Yeah. More of a community, a family yeah. sort of vibe. Yeah. It is. It's fun to watch as newer people. Now that we moved, we have a bigger group of newer people that don't really know each other. And then like we'll walk out and they'll all be going to kitchen table or to, um, the coffee plate you know like they just kind of get to know each other just for that hour and then all of a sudden they're like I haven't seen this person in a long time you know it's <laughs> it's cool and that's Marshfield too you know it's a smaller community so I think it's easier just to get to know people as well yeah everybody knows everybody or something right <laughs> right so maybe specific to running a yoga business uh maybe not what are some of the challenges that you faced in running your own business um, for me personally, I think um, work family is definitely, you know, and my husband owns a business as well. So um, it's that tug of here and there. And when it was just Lou and myself teaching, it was a lot of, um, a lot of work family. But I think now running the business is just keeping up with changing how to communicate with people. You know, um, for us, like marketing is hard because it's really until you're there and experience it or hear somebody else talk about their experience, that's the only way you're going to know. It's like getting a good massage. You can see a commercial and you're like, eh. But if you're there, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's so word of mouth and trying to figure out social media marketing and, oh, my goodness, it's just, like, crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I find myself now, I never thought I would be, but I'd be like, my 17-year-old, what, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd come to that point in my life, and here I am already, like, can you fix this? What does this mean? You know, I don't know. But I think marketing and just um, weeding through, obviously, the last two years have been so difficult, especially I think the Finnish industry got yeah. hit really hard with things being closed. And then once people get out of the habit, it's really hard to get them back in the habit. Oh, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you must have had a certain amount of time that you were not doing classes during the pandemic. How long did that go on? Um, about a week. Is and that then all? We, and then we set up virtual. Oh, okay. Which was so awful. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't have any equipment, you know? Like, we would do it from our phones, and I took my son's gaming microphone and webcam, yeah. you know? But, I mean, it was in our studio that we were in, so it was echoey, the lighting was horrible, like things were fuzzy, but it still gave um, that community that feeling of um, seeing us and hearing us and practicing with us, but um, 
That was interesting. Yeah. That's not our cup of tea. Virtual <laughs> yoga is not our thing. Yeah. Well, virtual fill in the blank. Like there's so many things that, uh, you know, people that had to, just had to do that for a while, you know, and made it work by yeah. borrowing their kids' equipment or whatever, right? And um, only to find out like, that's just not the kind of business that we are, that we can be. And there's some that maybe found out the opposite. Like, hey, that's a thing we could pull off or that's a addition to our offering that we can do now. But um, yeah, it's it's actually been, even though it maybe has been really challenging and kind of at the expense of business owners like like yourself, I think that one of the more like human things to come out of COVID is to realize like some stuff just sucks virtually. Like we just <laughs> need to be near each other. We need to, sorry to say it, maybe it applies to a yoga studio. We need to smell each other. We need to <laughs> oh, just like, oh, you know sure. what I mean? And yeah. if you don't have those things, it's just not and never will be mm-hmm. the same, you know? And so maybe a painful lesson to learn, but one that I think we learned in those couple For of years. Sure. For sure. And that's, that is our business model is connection. So it's, hands-on assists. It's like you said, the smell, not that our yoga studio smells, it doesn't, (laughs) but um, like, you know, the oils or the smell of the mats or just the atmosphere, the heat in the studio. And then hearing people talk and laugh and everybody's breathing in at the same time and breathing out at the same time. It's Mm. just that whole experience, that aspect of um, being together and moving together and being in pain together, or if it's a horrible, you know, or whatever it may be, that's connection is what we, that's our experience is connecting with the teachers, connecting with the community. And that's what we want to offer. And we could not establish that online. You know, we're so, um, yeah, it it just didn't work. (laughs) You know, you can't like reach out and touch somebody's shoulder when they're, well, during COVID, you shouldn't anyway. But, you know, um, when they're online and then um, the smiles and you can't read people's bodies when they're practicing at home because I can't watch them. So you don't know if like, oh, their hip is like super sore. We better like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, And that it's an it must have been an interesting journey. It was like a trial by fire, I think, for a lot of people and to come around to that. You know, we, we saw a lot of people adapt. And it sounds like you adapted, but, you know, ultimately, if that's not the thing, that's not the thing. And uh, I, I always think it's so smart to watch a business be able to go, okay, uh, I'm going to try that thing. And then even if you decide, I tried it, and guess what? That did not work. That is, it's so much better than, you know, you see a lot of people go, yeah, that won't work for us. We can't do that. Mm. But the fact that you tried mm-hmm. and learned the lesson from it, yeah. you know. Yeah, we, we just took virtual. We would offer our live classes once we were in person again, virtually too. So when people were quarantined or whatever, and we just took them off when we moved. But we were able to use, do yoga in the plaza mm. that summer, which was huge. You know, um, the crowd was obviously much smaller than years past, but that was a way to connect and see people that we haven't seen and, you know, within distance, people be able to like get out and connect with one another again. So that was yeah. a business saver. It really yeah. was that right. summer to be able to use the plaza and have, yeah. Was, yeah. was there anything that you attempted during COVID or maybe nothing that you specifically did that would have impacted your clients or anything, but um, that, that stuck around that you've, let's change your business now and you're doing things a different way because of changes or adaptations you had to make? 
Hmm. I think um, maybe better communication, like newsletters, like email, stuff like that, um, has stuck around just because that was, people weren't in the studio, so they weren't hearing us talk about things coming up or things going on. Like we had to push it out. Um, that stuck around. And then even they, we would make little like how-to videos and stuff like that and email them out to our clients and they like that. So we're still doing our best to keep up with that and posting them, you know, like how to do this pose or use this prop and stuff like that. So trying to be a little bit more on the technical side of things, um, really not knowing what we're doing, but yeah. we try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're probably not giving yourself enough credit. And I think it's really, I don't know, it's cool to hear that, um, like a business like yours that clearly is so dependent on connections and, you know, like we just talked about the in-person experience that, um, I mean, again, maybe trial by fire, as Sue mentioned, <laughs> uh, you learn to do some things that maybe are a little different than the way that you typically would have done business. So I guess I'm just trying to bring it back to the positive of the, yeah. of the pandemic, you know, because yeah. we're mm -hmm. at that point, right? Like, let's just enjoy what we learned and move along. Right. Right. Well, and two, I think. A lot of people pretend they know what they're doing, yeah. <laughs> and everybody puts on a good face. I think that is the that maybe is the biggest life lesson I've learned in the last two years. And so I think I'm almost positive it applies to businesses too. <laughs> All these other places that you go, ah, they seem like they know what they're doing. They're just pretending to. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> so what what is your favorite thing about running your business? Our clients, honestly, seeing um, somebody go from, like you said, just like super nervous. I don't know anybody here. My friend made me come, you know, um, seeing that and then seeing them become one of our regulars that are there like four times a week. And now they're dragging their friends here and they can't <laughs> get enough um, or seeing them being able to finally just like relax at the end and lay there and not move and wiggle and fidget. Um, so I think just our clients and then, um, honestly, yeah, our, yeah, I would say our clients. I mean, running a business is hard. It's a lot of back and forth, back and forth. Um, and we have all of our teachers all, besides myself, all have full-time careers, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I'm usually left to my own devices, which can be good and can be bad. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I just, and running a business and the, women we have, we have all female teachers, um, seeing them grow as teachers and it's exciting. We have some with very interesting careers that you wouldn't expect would also be a yoga teacher. So, uh, yeah. Can you share an example? Um, <laughs> one of our teachers is a Wood County cop. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and she's very, you know, a hard butt, <laughs> not swearing. <laughs> See? Um, but then when she's in the yoga, it's just like, um, Super, all of her classes are super calm and chill and, you know, it's obviously what she needs um, doing the job that she does. And, yeah. And, like, we have a social worker that has a very intense job. Um, so, yeah, they, they all work very hard. So yeah. it's, like, their fun job. Maybe their other jobs are fun, but teaching sure. yoga is pretty fun. <laughs> well, I can imagine that the two examples that you gave, they need the yoga as much as they're <laughs> giving it to people yeah, for, for sure. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, okay, last official question before we start <laughs> to wrap. What advice would you give to someone who might just be starting out? Um, I would say 
go for it. And definitely find all of the little things that your town, if they live in Marshfield, like has to offer. Like when we first started, I guess we weren't really aware of everything that the city or Main Street Marshfield or that had to offer. And we were on Main Street, you know, we mm -hmm. were here. Um, and take advantage of them. They offer so much, so many resources, and they're so good at helping you find resources if you don't, you know, know what to do and grants and um, like marketing opportunities and meet and greets with other business owners. Um, definitely, I would say that's probably one of been the biggest thing the past two years for us is just having the resources that Marshfield has to offer to help small businesses. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Great to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, as a previous business owner myself, I mean, it's, it's like a trap that you can fall in where you kind of feel like you're on your own or you and your partners or your team are kind of on your own and you just have to roll your sleeves up and figure it out or whatever. And sure, sometimes it's just hard work and you have to roll your sleeves up and get to work. But um, also for almost everything, there's support there for you. You maybe just don't know that it exists or, you know, it's a two-way street. You have to go and look for it a little right. bit too. You know, mm -hmm. not everything's going to be handed out to you. But yeah, that's a great point, a great call for um, anybody that's either just starting or, you know, maybe even has been in business for a while and is struggling. Like, look around and open your eyes to the opportunities for support because they are there. If they're, if they're here in Marshfield, they um, just be being everywhere. such a small town, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're everywhere for sure. Awesome. Speaking of awesome... Let's wrap up and go to our something awesome segment. This is where we share recommendations for books or podcasts, experiences, anything. And really, we mean anything. So, Stacy, get those wheels grinding. Let us know. Uh, and I'll kick it off, as I always do, and share um, something that I actually found pretty recently. I've always been an NPR fan of some of their podcasts and everything, but um, I just found out about Life Kit, which is a podcast, but it's also um, on the NPR website. It's just a ton of great content. You can listen to segments of the podcast or the whole podcast, but also um, little sections of content that's categorized really neatly in uh, categories like health and money and parenting and life skills and stuff like that. Um, and today, actually, just as I was going to make sure I had the right link, which we'll share in the show notes, um, I went to the LifeKit page and there, the first article was, uh, all about FOMO, fear of missing out, which, um, the pandemic has caused plenty of FOMO for people, right? Um, we have a five week old, almost six week old baby at home, which means there's some things that I just have to miss out on, which creates some FOMO. Um, and so like any help that I can get on how to deal with that and process that. And also one of the things that the article talked about was just being present in whatever it is you're doing. So worrying less about the thing that you're missing out on and being present in the thing that you're actually doing, which having a kid, I mean, a great example, right? Like just look down in those eyes and enjoy the fact that you're in that moment for sure. But outside of that too, like, you know, if it's a Friday night and you're wishing that you had gone out with friends or done that thing, um, like enjoy the fact that you're at home and we all long for that like peaceful weekend night to do whatever or do nothing. Same thing the opposite way, right? Like if you are going to see friends or you're going to a fundraiser or something like that and you just kind of wish you were staying at home like 
that opportunity will come. Just enjoy the thing that you're doing now and like really, you know, easier said than done for sure. This I'm sure it takes some practice, <laughs> but just being present, I guess that was like the big takeaway from the one that was at the top of the page today. But that's just like one example of like great stuff that comes from this podcast. Just good life stuff. Yeah. Love it. Life kit, NPR. Check it out. Okay. Got it. That's they are not a sponsor of the show for the record. <laughs> yet. Not yet. Yet. Not yet. I was not paid to say that. Okay. Love it. That's that's so interesting because we were talking about having kids earlier. Mm. And probably my experience as you're talking through that uh, was with my, I like even now I think back to my first, my oldest, and I think, man, I spent so much time worrying about everything for him and like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing that instead? Should I be, like I was not as present with him mm. as I was with my other two and what a waste, you know? Yeah, yeah. What a waste. He turned out okay. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's going to be fine. He's not as, he's no more screwed up than the others. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that just comes with experience too, mm-hmm. though, right? Like you had the first one and you learned some things and. You learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of us just keep having them. Yeah. Stacey. <laughs> I really wanted a daughter. So. <laughs> Do you, do you want to go ahead and share something oh, now? I don't really want to follow Ben. That was that so was good. a tough one, oh, right? Sorry. That's so good. He's pretty good at this. <laughs> well, my something awesome is very local, and um, it's just my favorite restaurant in Marshfield, the kitchen table. Yes. It's very interesting. It's interesting that it's out our back door now at the yoga studio because we find ourselves at least three days a week leaving <laughs> yoga and walking there <laughs> and having breakfast, but I think they appreciate it, but I just absolutely love the atmosphere um, of, you know, everybody's just kind of at the same table and eating together, and um, the food is obviously amazing, mm-hmm. and the um, service there is amazing. But I just love this little small-town, family-run diners. Um, I, Any city, you know, I always try to seek those out just because they're, I don't know, I think that's where the best food is and the best company is. So. Yeah. So the kitchen table also not sponsoring the show yet. They're probably the more achievable <laughs> right. than NPR. Yeah, that's true. But it's a place to start. But like, is there a more perfect name for that place too? So anyone listening, if you haven't been to Marshfield, um, highly recommend the kitchen table, mm-hmm. and you'll get it. You'll get it when we say the name is just perfect because it's it's so homey and mm-hmm. like you said. Th- I think one thing that maybe they don't get in what. Well, at least people don't mention because they're a restaurant, so you talk about the food, right? But for real, the service there, I mean, it goes along with the name. I mean, they're just so sweet and kind, and um, it's just stellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so refreshing to go into a restaurant that has just, like, fresh food. Yeah, right? And fresh everything. Yeah, everything's instead of chain restaurants where, you know, it's all coming off the same truck, and it's... Mm-hmm. Right. Their you know. fruit is amazing. Yeah. Right? You get their fruit, and it's not just melon. It's bananas and strawberries and apples, <laughs> like all the stuff you actually want to eat. So, yeah. 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 They're pretty awesome. Well, that's a, that was a good one. And if, yeah. I, if I had to choose, I'd take Kitchen Table over NPR any day. <laughs> and um, a nice um, way to kind of like bring it full circle on what we're talking about today with like Main Street and downtown businesses and everything. I mean... It's a 
pretty cool opportunity to be able to walk out of the studio and go to a place like that right next door. And we have a little bit of experience that with walking out of our door and going over to Uptown Coffee like mm-hmm. right next door. And when they first moved in, I was like, yeah, this is a really good thing and a really bad thing because I know I'm going to spend <laughs> too much money there. But we love having them for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Well, mine is a total departure. I feel like I have failed the whole podcast now because mine is could not be less related, but it is incredibly present for me because I just saw it yesterday. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Adam Conover. He used to do a show called Adam Ruins Everything hmm. on True TV. Yeah, I think it was, and um, he is a very interesting journalist, writer, guy, and he has a new show on Netflix called The G Word. And it is similar to Adam Ruins Everything, which was investigative comedy about things that, I'm trying to think of something. Oh, the diamond industry was one that they did a show on. So this myth that we have been doing diamonds as engagement rings forever mm-hmm. and how that's not true at all. It started as a marketing campaign. Watch out, we're marketers, we know where this stuff yeah. comes from. <laughs> um, so stuff like that is sort of his niche. And this new show is about the U.S. government and certain things that, like certain parts of things that um, the government's responsible for. So the first episode we watched was about food hmm. and the FDA. And uh, he went to a meat processing plant which was pretty interesting to be able to see. Um, nothing too bad, but yeah. <laughs> the veterinarians they have on staff, the FDA inspectors they have on staff, and what how that relationship is with the meatpacking plant, and that was pretty that was pretty informative. So I I highly recommend, especially knowing that he tends to present information that you're not going to look for yourself right and things that we just assume this is what it is and we would be we ultimately benefit from knowing the truth yeah so he talks about the food pyramid i don't want to spoil the whole thing but it really the government's influence on that and how that relates to how the food pyramid relates to uh subsidies to farmers and sure how all of that is interconnected yeah. and is really a lot less about what we should be eating and more about what the government is funding us to eat. Hmm. So interesting. very interesting, interesting. very interesting yeah. show. What's so first one was about government. Is that the G word? It's uh, the G word. The whole show <laughs> is about government. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So cool. nice. Yeah. Nice provocative recommendation. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> That's the word that Netflix puts underneath it when they're trying to plug it. When yes. you're like trying to stop watching TV at night and they're like, ooh, check this one out. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey, you changed the tone a little bit, but that's a good one for sure. We'll check it out. It was yeah. interesting. All right. So here we are wrapping up. It's time to wrap up. Stacey, it was amazing. 
You did great. You did. You really <laughs> came well. in very stressed. Yeah. Yes. But very you're sure. very, very good. Oh, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Tell your friends. It's easy. Yes. <laughs> Tell everybody you know. Tell everybody. the kitchen table. I'll yeah. because I'll now... let Stacey know. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of, that's actually, I know you're maybe halfway joking, but we should totally have the kitchen table on and we should do that one in the restaurant. Mm, and mm-hmm. the whole thing should just be like us eating. Us eating. And you oh, hear there's nothing people it. like better than recordings of people eating. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Well, we, we just lost a whole bunch of subscribers. I'm sorry about that. But We're going to get the oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. no. Gross. <sighs> and just for the record, I am never kidding about people we should ask to be on the podcast. Yeah. I believe we should ask everyone right. forever to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, be that as it may, all of the links, the recommendations, including whatever we can find about the kitchen table, we will have <laughs> right on the podcast on our page on... Words. Yep. On exclamation <laughs> slash blog. You can find all of that or right on your favorite podcast app. You can always find us on your favorite podcast app. I should mention that as it is right here in the notes. <laughs> um, or visit our blog to hear all of our episodes. You got it. Check that stuff out. Thank you, friends, for tuning in. This is Sue and Ben, your self-proclaimed professors of awesomeology, reminding you that life's awesome if you make it awesome. We'll see you next time. <laughs>